The as-a-service suffix has become commonplace in strategic boardroom talk, whether it is infrastructure as a service, network as a service, data protection as a service, storage as a service, container as a service, or security as a service offerings. It helps businesses harness the power of scalable and flexible IT solutions tailored to their unique needs. These anything-as-a-service offerings are often discussed in the context of banking or manufacturing or service-based industries, but an interesting application case study exists in the military and defense space. Here to talk to us today about BCX's take on anything-as-a-service is Mpo Matsitse, Executive Business and Digital Advisory. Mpo, if you can maybe just describe anything as a service and its advantages in delivering digital products and technology for us. Uh, good day, Jeanette, and, and thank you for, for having me on the show. And thank you very much to, to your listeners as well. So if we think about anything as a service, it's really a cloud computing model that provides various services, applications, and resources in a subscription model or a subscription basis. So it allows us, especially the, the sort of industry or IT-specific organizations, to deliver software, infrastructure, platforms, storage, networking, security, and more as a service. And it's a broad concept that really looks at giving advantages to different businesses, including the military, where we look at providing them with a more flexible and cost-effective way to contracting, to consuming services that help the business progress and delivering business value. And it's really a scalable approach to meeting their technology needs. So could you perhaps, I mean, for me, it's quite interesting. Could you clarify BCX's anything as a service role in, for example, military digital transformation? So ours is to really help the military in in three ways. One is scalability, cost efficiency, and the last one being flexibility. So in anything as a service, we're really looking at solutions that provide scalability and is adjusted according to the needs of the business, whether it's increasing or decreasing resources. We want defense and the military to be able to easily scale up or down without significant upfront investments, especially given the diminishing budgets within the defense space. The second one really speaks to to the last bit of that around cost efficiency, which looks at the elimination of the need for businesses to invest heavily in physical infrastructure, Uh, software development or licenses and instead pay for what they need at the time that which they needed on a subscription basis so that we can reduce ongoing maintenance expenses within the the defense space and really the flexibility in terms of customization and integration where we allow defense to really choose the services that best fit their requirements and they can easily integrate with the existing systems and that's it's just really what we're looking at in terms of our role in itself. I think just in closing, the, the, the last bit is allowing them to drive cybersecurity and threat analysis in a much more refined way that can allow them to monitor and drive the defending of military networks against cyber attacks in a much more robust and real-time threat detection and analysis uh, offering that we have in the space. So you've just touched on what I wanted to ask next, but I mean, how is the military's <laughs> role changing as the distinctions between physical and cybersecurity become more blurred? And you've referenced that they need to be able to track these threats, you know, real time um, as they happen. Definitely, Jeanette. And, and I mean, Jeanette, if you think about it, what's happening now is that the physical and the cybersecurity world 
are really blurring, right? And the military role is really evolving into a seamlessly integrated defense network. So traditional notions of having warfare expand to encompass not only the physical battlegrounds, but also virtual domains, right? Which has led to a heightened focus on cyber operations and information warfare. So military forces now engage in more of an offensive and defensive cyber actions, necessitating expertise in both traditional military tactics as well as cutting-edge digital strategies. And I think this joint collaboration as well between military branches, intelligence agencies, and other security agencies really becomes essential to address the complex and interconnected threats that we face today. So the world is rapidly adapting and military organizations across the board, including defense, need to be ready to not only adapt, but be able to respond to the dynamic cyber and physical threats that are really pressing the world today. So could you perhaps unpack what technology will be required for those seamlessly integrated defense networks that you spoke about and for future armed forces to defend national interests in both physical and cyberspace? Well, there's, there's quite a plethora of them, right? but I'll limit it to really the ones that speak to, to addressing it in the most value-added way. So future armed forces will really rely on a number of technologies, including but not limited to advanced AI-driven threat detection and prediction systems. You, you really want to ensure that you've got quantum-resistant encryption for secure communications. You want to drive resilient and redundant networking infrastructure. You want to really leverage adaptive and scalable cloud-based command centers through a multi-tiered, multi-tiered cloud approach and a really comprehensive blend of offensive and defensive cyber tools that are going to be very important. And these technologies will enable armed forces to really safeguard national interest and effectively uh, ensure that the dynamic complexities of both physical and cybersecurity domains, they can leverage these technologies to neutralize those hybrid threats that are threatening uh, defense and society. So you touched on this earlier when we spoke about anything as a service and the ability to scale despite budget constraints. But why would you say it is critical for the South African Defence Force to prioritise digital transformation and cyber military capability despite those constraints? So, you know, it's unfortunate that we're looking at at a world where there are diminishing military budgets and it will be a continued uh, trend over the next couple of years. But if we have to be honest, specifically with regards to defense and more specifically the South African Defense Force, the cost of doing nothing or staying as per status quo far outweighs the cost of of doing something, right? And it's important that we understand that the prioritizing of digital transformation and cyber military capability is critical for a defense force, even amidst the budget constraints, because modern conflicts are increasingly hybrid in nature, right? Spanning both physical and digital realms, as, as, as we've discussed. So relying solely on traditional measures really leaves vulnerabilities and it allows adversaries to then exploit and potentially causing significant damage if uh, the, the investment is not made to really digitize and transform how it is that uh, the SNDF is, is looking at the world today. So it's very important that even despite budget constraints, that they embrace digital advancements to enable cost-efficient optimization of resources, to enable things like rapid response to emerging threats, 
and to really have the ability to effectively deter, defend, and recover from cyber attacks so as to ensure that the force and its relevance is, is driving effectiveness across all its operations. So do you have any essential issues that decision makers should be asking? And I do hope they are asking these questions in order to adapt <laughs> yeah. to a world of cyber military and cyber war. Definitely. And, and I think it really spans three specific questions, uh, Jeanette. The first one is, how can we balance offensive cyber capabilities with responsible conduct, emphasizing proportionality and minimizing collateral damage, right? That's the first question they need to ask themselves. The second one is what investments are really needed for robust cyber defenses, training and skilled personnel? And the last one is how do we integrate cyber capabilities into our overall defense strategy? And if you think about any modern defense CIO, there's really three things they should be concerned about is security, it's digital coherence, and its digital transformation. And, and these are some of the critical questions that decision makers ought to look at in order to adapt to a world of cyber military and cyber warfare. How might engagement with the private sector help military digital transformation uh, when the resources are limited as we know they are? So we hosted a, a, a talk, if I can say that, uh, which was what we called our public sector enterprise forum uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what we were looking at specifically in that topic is exactly to the question that you've asked is how does private sector help not just military but government institutions through private-public partnerships, which are very important in really driving the mandate of, of defense in this context. So the collaboration really allows for a private sector to aid in digital transformation, right, amidst resource constraints. So they can offer technology, they can offer cutting-edge expertise, they can offer innovation, and really look at leveraging the budget to reduce the burden that's sitting on the military themselves. And in essence, what these collaborations enable is access to scalable cloud solutions, cybersecurity expertise, rapid development, and deployment of specialized applications. And the private sector then involves fostering cost-sharing accelerating technology adoption, promoting cross-sector knowledge exchange, and ultimately enhancing the military capabilities in a cost-effective manner. So I think it's, it's very important that these partnerships not only exist, but they really adopted and leveraged in order to deliver on what the mandate of the ACNDF is. I mean, how does uh, anything as a service make government and military operations more lean and flexible? while maintaining connectivity and data availability? Sure. Um, <laughs> bit of a, a tough one, but really, access service just enhances government and military operations, right? And what it allows them to do is that it allows them to streamline resource allocation. It really offers an on-demand scalability, enabling efficient provisioning of computer power applications and storage as needed. And this agility so supports leaner operations by eliminating the need for extensive physical infrastructure. It allows us to reduce maintenance overheads and really facilitating rapid de uh, deployment of services across the board. And the connectivity portion really remains a robust through cloud-based solutions, ensuring seamless data availability across geographies, dispersed units, and a centralized nature of excellent service in itself optimizes resource utilization, right? So it will help Defense organizations reduce redundancies, 
It'll promote interagency collaboration and really enable real-time data sharing and thus and, and really thus in enhancing the flexibility of operations across the board in defense. So Mpo, I'd like to ask you if you are actually comfortable that the South African National Defense Force are currently asking these questions and prioritizing the issues that you've just raised. I am comfortable, uh, given the, the recent mix uh, event that we were sponsoring and also a partner with. I think our defense is, is really looking at modernizing their applications in order to be future ready and really driving a sustainable effort towards delivering digital transformation. So I think defense in itself has never had a problem with innovation. It's always been the challenge of adoption and ensuring that that uh, innovation is scalable across the board. And I think right now is the time that they should be asking these questions. And I'm glad that at the Mixer uh, event, these were some of the questions that were asked over the three days. So, I mean, it's clear security battles of the future will be fought both in physical and cyberspace. And it will be interesting to see how the application of anything as a service becomes a major player in national security and national interests in the future, and also how public-private partnerships can help the Defence Force stay at the cutting edge. And that was Mpo Matsitse, Executive Business and Digital Advisory of BCX.